Welcome to Connemara Ponytails, a new series of interviews giving you an insider's view on all things related to the Connemara Pony. We'll be having lighthearted chats with breeders, writers, producers, and Connemara enthusiasts who'll share their stories. We hope you enjoyed this free series, and please share with your friends and family. Welcome to Connemara Ponytails, and I hope you're all keeping well. We've had a lot of people contact us about topics for the podcast, and today's episode was a request from a listener. Anyone who's had a Connemara pony knows that it can be really tricky to get a saddle fitting well on them. So this episode focuses on all things saddle-related to Connemara ponies. Today, I'm joined by Fiona Cork, a professional rider on the showing circuit, having won Hoys and RIHS several times. Fiona has had most successes on native ponies, namely Welsh Cobs and Connemaras. Fiona launched her own saddle brand approximately eight years ago after she was never happy with the saddles on offer. Fiona Cork Saddles believe that the starting point for every saddle is getting the tree the right shape for every individual pony. I'm also joined by Lauren Coxhead, a Society of Master Saddlers qualified saddle fitter who lives in the west of Ireland. Lauren has covered the whole of Ireland as a saddle fitter for the last number of years, covering over 100,000 kilometres per year. When COVID took her off the road, she took up a position as chief advisor for saddlesireland.ie and will continue working with them in the future. Lauren deals with all horses from happy hackers to elite level and Olympic horse rider combinations. Welcome, ladies, and thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. Hi. You're welcome. To kick it off, it would be really interesting to get both your opinions on the confirmation of the Connemara pony versus other horses and ponies and what's different and how we need to think about it when we're looking at saddles. So maybe, Fiona, you might like to start just on on what is different about the shape of a Connemara pony. Um, I think as a general rule, um, we, I mean, I've actually got one of each type. I've got a Connemara mare by Gwenick who is, has absolutely no wither whatsoever. Uh, very, very round. Um, I had her full brother, who was exactly the same. Um, so you get that sort, sort of, the, I guess, more the traditional barrel barrel sort. And then I've got a pony that I event, uh, Danny, and he is very much the performance sort of, he, he almost looks like a mini thoroughbred, really. And he's got really quite a high wither, to get round and he's immensely sharp and he's very what we would call apex uh, in shape which is quite a different if I put that shape tree on Dory who is the barrel type I would be rolling around as if I'd had a few too many drinks I think. <laughs> okay and I mean so that sounds like yeah there's two different types is is that just with the Connemara pony or are, they, are there other breeds that are similar? With the barrel sort, it's quite a classic native shape um, where we call it sort of quite hoopy. If you just imagine literally like sitting on a sort of barrel, that's more a bit, little bit like the Welsh cobs. But I mean, like mm. the thing is, every horse is, can be a different shape and there'll be all shapes in between, really. You know, the problems that we hear about are very often are moving around, you know, left to right with the saddles um, mm. because of the horse having no wither. Uh, and then again, when you get the performance stamp of the Connemara, which tend to be more the ones with the high withers, they need quite a different shaped saddle in terms of the tree underneath 
to the barrel ones to get to get them both happy. Got you. And Lauren, do you do you find the same when you're doing your trips around Ireland or when you could do them that there are consistency with Connemara's and their type type of Absolutely. Yep. I mean, the, the show types would be like Fiona identified those barrelly types and they would be the ones I would get called for the most because people hit a brick wall with their fitting. And mm-hmm. often with those types, it's not even the fitting, it's stability, which I'm sure will come up again and again in this podcast. Um, I mean, Connemara is the particular types that I would see in Ireland tend to be that barrelly shape. They tend to change condition a lot throughout the year. So their sizes changes. If you compare them to, say, a thoroughbred, you mm. know, 50 kilos on a thoroughbred doesn't actually change the, the saddle fit a lot. But these the Connies can put that on and off several times a year. And it does affect the, the, the fit. We're also breeding them with kind of more and more compact because it's the shape that we like to look at. We like mm. them to be really short in the back, this big apple bottom at the back, a very high set neck so that they look like full up 14 twos, you know, they're like 16 hands at the head because of the way their neck sat on. But it, it, I mean, that is so pleasing to the eye and so lovely to see them like that. But it leaves very little space for saddles to sit on. And of course, they're great weight carriers. So we expect them to take adults um, and, and to do with that, um, because you've got the back that's very short and the high set neck, when you put a saddle on these shapes where the girth drops down, you get what they've got what you call a forward girth groove. So their front legs are very much out underneath their neck. And when the girth drops down, it's nowhere near where you want the girth to be. So you've got lots of saddle fitting issues. The way we've bred these lovely ponies, they're really not designed to be bred. They're designed to be looked at, to be yes. ridden, sorry, they're more designed to be looked at. So stability and, and fitting issues becomes a whole topic to do with Connemara, definitely. As a percentage, if you've got 100 ponies that you've seen, are there a massive amount that are not fitting well, the saddles, or, you know... Yeah, People yes, so, yes, aren't sure, necessarily right. contacting you if if, you know, people might not even know any better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so what I would often get called for is maybe someone's had the physio and then they realize their saddle isn't working. Mm. And really, unfortunately, when a saddle doesn't work or it's the wrong shape, it often sticks in the pony and the pony just gets on with things. But Mm. because it sticks in, it doesn't move. The minute you're putting something on now that fits lovely, you know, and follows the shape of the horse, you have this movement in the saddle and people then are slightly freaked out because there's movement. And then you have to deal with stability issues of fitting so I'd say proportionately the amount of horses or ponies I see when I go to see them and the saddle isn't how I would have fitted a saddle for them has to be around 90% of the horses and ponies I see still still so it's still a hyper now whether that would go on to cause any issues that's a very different percentage you know Mm. but Mm. horses and ponies I could improve the fit and we can improve things definitely there's still a lot for us to learn it doesn't mean you know that they're going to go on and have a problem but in lots of cases it does mean that they're going to have a problem yeah and then Fiona it must be you know you're going around all the big shows across the UK and you're probably have this eagle eye seeing other ponies with saddles and are you spotting things that you're like god if I had my saddle on that pony or you know is it is are there a lot of ponies even at a high level of showing that have ill-fitting saddles oh listen we always say the more you know you know the more you realize how much you didn't know there I am going around the shows and sometimes I try not to uh, because it's my hobby as well yeah Uh, try not to look sometimes but yeah I mean I totally agree with what Lauren says 
you know, again, you see so many that are so tight on a pony. Um, and yes, the benefit of that is that they may not move. But of course, the negative is that is that the pony probably can't move very well either. And yes, when you put a saddle on that actually gives it that bit more freedom, then yes, that it is quite a, quite a different feeling for the rider. Because again, the horse suddenly goes, wow, you know, um, yeah. I can actually move underneath that saddle. Yeah, I'm a bit of a train spotter, I guess. And sometimes there's a couple of horses that stick in my mind that I always think, oh, I'd have loved to have got hold of that um, <laughs> and really seen what we could have done. You know, I mean, we've had, obviously, we've in the past, we've had a lot of ponies through here. And the difference, you know, we're always, you know, I think might fit a pony as well. The pony hasn't always read the manual. So mm. although it might be a technically correct fit, it doesn't always mean the pony might just for, for whatever reason, because they can't talk to us, actually slightly prefer a different one. But normally they'll tell you. Yeah, I, can I just say, I, I do come across that myself as well. You can fit things technically perfect, but a horse will always prefer something to feel sloppy on its back or something to feel very snug and not moving at all. So then that's the other side of fitting. Is it down to then the pony, even though it might technically fit very well, there might be some that want it to be that bit looser to make the move better? Well, when you say about the a saddle moving, because again, this is, uh, again, I would agree with Lauren, I get a lot more people having problems with the with the barrel shape because I don't think there's as many available. But people say, my, my saddle's moving, but obviously that could be, where is it moving it? They can move forward, they can move backwards, and obviously they can move right to left or they can, or one side, or obviously they can just literally be sort of pivoting on top of the pony and they don't feel stable. Each one has their own, you know, reason for looking at it. Normally, if you can imagine putting a tree in the shape of a triangle on a horse's back that is in the shape of a barrel. So if you're basically putting a triangle on a circle, it's not going to click down and go around that pony's back. And therefore, it works a lot better in a diagram. So obviously, you, you're just not going to be down and around that pony. Hence, going back to Dory, my very round Connemara, she has what we call a half panel saddle on, um, which gets me a lot closer to her in a very hoopy tree um, to, to give me as much stability as possible. Because it's so bespoke for disciplines, and maybe, Lauren, this is for you, you know, we know at at, a, at top level, you know, at Olympic level, you have your dressage saddle, your jumping saddle, etc. Of course, they're optimising your performance having them, but is a GP going to limit your pony at the level, depending on what level you're at, or what's your thoughts on that? So, no, I mean, if, if you are, there's no doubt about it, if you want to go jumping and you sit in a jumping saddle, the thing that changes is your mindset. You feel like you're going to jump. If you're going into a dressage competition and everyone's in dressage saddles and you can sit in a mm. dressage saddle, it improves your mindset. A GP is fine for everything. It doesn't It doesn't change the pony's performance, not at all. Mm. Um, so it's really for us and for the, the laws of com- competing that we kind of change what we ride in. From a pony's point of view, the only thing he cares about is it co- is it comfortable. And some people say, well, he much prefers the dressage saddle to the jump saddle. It could be that the jump saddle doesn't give him as much room over the shoulder. You know, it comes down to fit. And then the other thing at the end of the day, mm. kind of referring back a little bit to what we said ponies prefer, is imagine yourself if you have two pairs of shoes and they're both, say, size five and they both fit you fine 
you mm. will undoubtedly have a favorite pair of shoe and you will wear them to death to the point that you hate the others. And ponies are like that too. So it's not necessarily that one of their saddles doesn't fit, you know, or they prefer a dressage saddle. It's they prefer the one that makes them feel more comfortable. So a GP is absolutely fine for everything, as long as it supports the rider in the right position for what she wants to do or he wants to do, and as long as it fits the pony. And then, so if we think about actually fitting the saddle you have your Connemara pony you have uh, your GP back home you think it fits you're jumping around you're working at home you're going to a few shows but actually you're listening to this podcast and you're like actually does my saddle fit Fiona are there any tips to sort of for any normal people at home you know with their saddles and how they can check for fit before actually getting a saddle fitter to to do that yes when you've ridden the pony there are certain telltale signs when you take the saddle off so for example if you've ridden enough that they're sweating um, you would look at the patch underneath that's left and are the sweat patches going all the way down the back from obviously the front to the back of the saddle so Mm. for example if there's no sweat in the middle of the back um, that would highlight that perhaps the saddle is doing something called bridging the other thing would be if there's lots of ruffled hair that would say that the saddle is moving so you know and it's amazing that people just sort of pat it over and think you know if there's any excessive movement it will ruffle the hair up Um, if I was going to girth my pony up and it really didn't look very happy about it I would be asking well you know as Lauren said does it not like the saddle but actually is there a reason that it doesn't And equally, if you're struggling to get them to work nice and round through the back, again, ponies don't sort of react very logically. So very often if they, if the saddle bridges, which is really common, um, particularly with the shapely sort of, again, barrelly ponies, they often have what we call a slight curve to their back and then they're bridging and they'll, they'll normally struggle to get the pony nice and round and working over its back. And the more painful it gets, the more they tend to work hollow and it just makes it obviously exacerbates the the situation. Just interested in the going back to the sweat patches and saying that it should be covered across the back. I'm just trying to think of one of my ponies and if they sweat on the front around the shoulder area of the saddle, is that wrong? They should be sweating other areas as well. Yeah, all you would normally expect the sweat patch to go all the way through from the front to the back because otherwise okay. why would it just sweat? It will be sweating, but normally... If you put that saddle on without the numner and just looked at it static and then ran your hand underneath the saddle between the saddle and the pony, you might find that there's an air gap, in a, so to speak, in the middle where when you're riding, there's a four-point contact. So you've got contact front, right and left, and a contact at the back of the saddle, right and left, but there's actually nothing in the middle. So if you imagine about the weight distribution, it's not... Uh, distributing it evenly um so if you've got a saddle that's not fitting well and the wrong shaped tree it's going to start to get a bit sore gotcha okay and lauren any other signs if a saddle doesn't fit the pony well from the pony's point of view um i guess that's another topic we can come back to but actually Mm -hmm. whenever i'd be looking at a saddle um one thing i still say repeatedly to people is make sure you put it far enough back so that's still something i'd say 60 percent of people i see 
are guilty of. They don't put it far enough back. We're used to trying to get it maybe over that girth groove and, and put the saddle forward. So then what you have is a saddle that's sat up on the shoulders and may kind of lift a little at the back because it's balancing at the front when people stand in the stirrups on those bony prominences of shoulders. So mm. do make sure that the saddle sits back. And then exactly what Fiona's just said, you know, um, if I get the pony to stand square, I will then, if I'm standing on the near side of the pony, I will get my right hand, I will lift the saddle up and I will just place my hand on the top of the withers, put the saddle back down on top of my hand and I run my hand, keeping my fingertips on the spine, I run my hand the whole length out the back of that saddle and I want to see there's that weight of that saddle touching the top of my hand the whole time and I will just do that a couple of times if I'm not sure and I'll do it from the other side as well, making sure the pony stood square and you should feel even pressure on the top of your hand the whole way if you're feeling fresh air or if you're really struggling to get your hands in at the front or out at the back that tree so the skeleton of the saddle is called the tree that tree is the wrong shape for that pony that would be the main the main thing that i would go for i mean forward girth grooves balance length that's all kind of that's a different topic but that that kind of gives people advice about the tree and it's often the tree shape that where the saddles fall down initially and just when you talk about the saddle being far enough back in layman's yep. term with the standard 14-2 pony or if you can yep. even have a standard but what's what's far back what's not too yeah, far so, so so what i get people to do when i'm with them um and, and a a massive part of my saddle fittings is always trying to teach people the basics is is I would get the saddle without a saddle cloth or anything I would put it nice and forward on the pony's kind of shoulder and withers and then just using my fingertips at the front of the saddle I would pull the saddle back until I feel it drop down into position now the more weight that a pony carries the harder that is to to kind of feel and determine Uh, but I would just do that a few times and there is a spot where that saddle wants to settle and stop and then you, it requires more pressure to send it back. So it's that feel that I'm getting for. The minute you put kind of kiss and caboodle underneath, you can't judge where that saddle is anymore. It's kind of disguised over the shoulder and stuff. So I just get people to practice that a few times. And you're feeling for, this, for it to come back behind that shoulder and just drop down a little bit. I mean, I don't want to start naming brand names of saddles. And a lot of the time I see on Facebook posts around what's the best saddle to fit a Connemara. And there's probably four or five brands that recur a lot. And Fiona, your brand is one of those. It's not trying to name drop, but it is. But is there... Is there recommendations on brands that that people should use for their Connemars versus some other brands that just don't seem to fit at all? Well, if I just kind of take that bit first, definitely mm-hmm. Fiona's are, are a good are a good brand for Connies. You know, I'm not just saying that they are mm-hmm. because of certain qualities they have, like the thin panel um, and a low head at the front. So it's more than brands. Because brands can do all kinds of models to fit all kinds of horses. It's okay. it's going for a decent brand that maybe do a cob type saddle or maybe do a specific native type saddle. Like Fiona said, saddles with hoop trees. So they're much, much wider there at the base of the wither than something that's A-frame. It's those kind of saddles. So you're looking, you know, and other things then that would have maybe five girthing options. They would maybe have like we said, the low head, maybe a shorter panel underneath. So the panel's the bit that sits against the horse's back with all the wool in it. You know, there are saddles out there that are a shorter panel than the seat is. You can have a half inch difference. So if you if you order a off-the-peg saddle and it's 17 inch, 
if you were getting that custom made, you could actually get that on a 16 and a half inch panel underneath. So that okay. it, rather than a brand, it's mm-hmm. looking for those qualities. Um, and then at the end of the day, it's often trial and error because there are really good brands out there, but they just might not work for your pony. You know, there are great models out there that those brands mm-hmm. do potentially, but they just might not work in your circumstance for whatever reason. So a bit of trial and error. And Fiona, and anything to add on that? And I know we're not trying to get you to promote your own saddles, but is no, and I'll speak generally. Um, is mm. I, for me, it's all about. I, and I said, you know, you said at the beginning, is getting the tree right because it's a little bit like buying a car. If the engine is 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 not right, then it doesn't mm. matter how fancy and how pretty the car might look. It's actually not going to function that well. So you know you. As Lauren said, you know, we we as a as a company will literally do each tree for each pony. And if it, if you've got an A-frame type horse, you know, clearly that's the type type tree you need. Um, the other, because you've got a hoop type tree for your barrel type. So sometimes people will come out uh, perhaps with a they've already got the saddles with them, and yes, one of them might suit, but actually you're not going to make an A-shaped type tree in to fit a round pony because although they can be widened, it actually doesn't widen at the top of the head to make it fit again down and around. The other, my Marshall. other passion is when you get, going back to what Lauren said at the beginning, these short ponies with the big um, bottoms, they often rise up into the croup and a lot of people say all oh, that you know the pony's going to grow more well actually very often that is just how they are built and sometimes they can benefit from what we call a curved tree instead of a flat tree and that can make an, an again an immense difference but that's not something that you know an off the peg would necessarily take account of okay if, if we even go to size of the seat which 16 and a half is that is that is there a way that me at home can confirm that that is the right size of seat or is it based on and you'll um, know what color you'll be like black or brown yeah exactly and what's mean basically <laughs> even though I'm like I want to do this and that so what it's all well and good that we can have yourself or Lauren going and doing saddle fitting but if if you're not at the yard and we want to buy a saddle the season is starting how do you better measure for yourself at home I mean, a lot of this, it's really hard. You know, there isn't any black and white. I can't say this brand and that seat size because they're all so different. So so if you took a brand, let's say Kenton Masters, okay, because there are, that people know that brand, they will do a 16 and a half inch pony and they will do a 16 and a half inch for an adult okay so they are different the seat size and the amount that they take up uh, the seat size is the same um, but the amount of saddle around the pony are different so definitely you know most ponies at 14 two can get away with a 16 and a half inch saddle most mm. and not everyone and I'm always terrified someone will take well you said it would fit <laughs> most will take a 16 and a half Plenty will be able to take a 17. There are a handful that might take a 17 and a half, but there's going to be a handful that will only take a 16. So a 16 and a half is a great kind of, you know, if, if definitely if I've got a rider and we can go for a 16 and a half, that is what I can go for. Because the other thing to mention is the less of a footprint we have on the horse's back. 
the less of the horse is underneath the saddle moving the saddle you know the smaller we can keep it the more stable but it's got to be the right size for the rider the minute the rider is trying to squeeze into a 16 and a half inch and they're sat even slightly out of balance at the back of the saddle the weight doesn't work if you ran your hand under it if you could with the rider on you've now got a lot more weight at the back which means there's going to be a certain amount of rocking so you're kind of looking for the lowest common denominator you want to go as wide as you can can comfortably to accommodate your pony when he's at his widest and you need to go as short as you can that's going to accommodate yourself so the size of the seat actually is a combination of the pony and the rider yeah the 16 and a half might be suitable for um the 14-2 pony but if you're very very tall or larger yeah. you might want to go 17 17 and a half yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And not, it's, yeah. Yes and no, if I can just add there. Sure. There's other things to consider. So, for example, if you are perhaps taller um, or a little bit heavier, um, if you had a more forward cut saddle, it will, mm, yeah. it will bring you a little bit more forward in the seat and perhaps give you more space than a traditional show saddle, which obviously will push you a little bit further back in the seat because you're not wanting your knee to go over the front. So that might be just something to add in as well. And and some saddles are broader, aren't they, Fiona? Across, you know, from side to side, they're broader to soak up a heavier rider as opposed to longer. Um, that's another yes. thing that can help bring the rider forward a little bit more. And the tree for a child, for example, in a, in a kid's saddle is, is different to an adult because, you know, if you think about the dimensions of, of again, a, a general and a child, you would expect them to perhaps not be quite as broad through the hip to be able hmm. to to manage with the the width of perhaps an adult tree. I did not know that. So the tree is different for a child saddle versus adult saddle. Yeah. Yeah, not not the length might be the same, but the actual, mm. you know, design might be different because if you can imagine, you know, Henry my son who's like a whippet putting him in a in a big broad saddle, he he can't get round what we call the twist. It would feel very wide to him whereas mummy's fine, she can't notice. <laughs> <laughs> I just there's a couple of questions in from Facebook. The first one is on what jump saddles would you recommend? Is finding short enough saddles a common issue? Yeah, well, it, we do. Interestingly, again, it's not just about the horse, and obviously it's about the rider. Um, what one rider might like in terms of a jump saddle. So for me, for example, that's always been used to riding in a very straight. Uh, show saddle um, I feel a little bit alien in a really forward cut jump saddle um, mm. and I absolutely love the working hunter saddle so for me um, with I'm also quite short I'm about five foot three um, I find in a really forward cut jump saddle unless I was just you know really hike my stirrups up I can't I struggle to get to the jumping block on a jump saddle um, so we have the working hunter saddle, which has the jump blocks on, for example, but it's not quite as forward cut, which is absolutely perfect for me. Uh, my long-legged son, um, he's absolutely loves the jump type design, uh, which is nice and forward, but he's not taken after me and he's going to be very tall. So again, it's not just about, yeah, I completely agree. You know, you sit in a jump saddle, so you think, right, great, I can go and jump. But actually, just try a few others as well, just to make sure, is that what you really want? Not just the brand, but actually the design, because obviously a GP would be a little bit more forward, or, or you're working hunter. And as you said, you want something more forward now uh, that you're jumping bigger. But, you know, just don't 
you know, just keep an open mind, really. Yeah, and it's funny because the yard I'm at is is more show jumpers, and when they might have sat up on my working hunter saddle, which was a Jeffrey Stamford, which I loved, they could not believe I jumped on that. But like you, the heritage is the background is showing, so we're used yeah. to that. Um, whereas yeah. they all have well, jumping saddles, and you know, it's very different. Well, that's why this year um, I really took this issue to task. And we did the working hunter, which is definitely more forward, but with the bigger front block and back block. So you feel, you know, truly supported. It's not just pretending to be a show saddle with a little bit more, you know, forward on it. Um, and it's been really popular, which is there's another couple of advantages. It, it doesn't sit on the shoulder quite as much, which helps if you've got a pony that takes the saddle forward, for example. But yeah, as I say, just keep an open mind and, and try a few and, and see what works for you and your horse. And Lauren, you might not want to name any brands just to that question um, on jump saddles, or is there anything that comes to mind? No, it's actually really hard to name a brand that, that works as a jump saddle because, like I said at the start, you mm-hmm. have a type now of a build of pony that stability is a real issue. And most jump saddles are very A-frame in their design and have been historically. And what you have in Ireland is you have... Um, a huge kind of hunting background and you have people that are very used to riding very very short Um, Mm. I know I've been over here now 22 years but I was originally from the UK and we did used to just ride longer and over here everyone was in a jump saddle and so for people to want to get that feeling of that kind of knees up to your ears I'm going jumping now on my pony (laughs) it's really really hard that you know I can't even name a brand that I know that would do that it's much more for me trial and error of seeing what I can get that is on a hoop tree that is then going to fit the pony and is then going to be stable when people are jumping because it's one thing to find something stable in the show ring but if you're out hunting you know if you're in a saddle for a long long time if you're putting a lot of weight this way and that way in stirrups you are really asking that saddle to outperform what it's it's meant to do really um, on these shapes so it's really really hard to even name a brand that would work Um, and and if I could get everyone in a working hunter type saddle you know that would be much easier for people to jump in but I totally understand it's not what people are used to and they're looking for jump saddles the whole time so um, that is just something that like Fiona and development that's just something that needs years and years of development we've had years and years of regular A-frame jump saddles forever, you know, and not these mm. shapes. Um, it, it's a, a work in progress, I think. We're very and much then, on it, Lauren. Don't you worry. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just wondering as well, is, is it annoying to both of you seeing the Facebook post going, what saddle brand for my pony? And just from what you're saying the last few minutes, it's really down to, it's not down to brand. It, it's down to well, if you've got um, one of the, the barrelly type Connemara's, probably one of those, the brands, just as Lauren says, an awful lot of them are on that apex type tree, which just isn't isn't going to work as well. That's that's yeah. more the issue. Don't forget, you can get those apex saddles in extra extra wide. So you know you you think yeah. you're getting the width, but you're not going to have the stability or the comfort for the horse. That's the problem. Yeah, you've got to have the the, the hoop and the head. And what about the saddles that you can change the sizes? Sorry, there's probably a technical term for them where you can actually adjust. Do you recommend them? Change the gullet? Yeah. Well, um, I'm, gullet, for, yeah. For, my, for myself, I I love changeable gullets. I do. But I am not fitting Connie's every day. They are just part of my work, you know. So yeah, for the majority, yeah. they really do work. 
But the problem when you have a very low withered connie or any a cob potentially um, is that you're still fairly a-frame in those even when you take mm-hmm. them out to extra extra wide you know so whilst mm-hmm. we can get the width we can't necessarily get the angle so then it's a bit of trial and error so one of the first questions I always ask anyone who has a barrelly shaped um, issue is I will say do they have any wither and I am hanging on their words for them to say yes they do the minute we don't have a wither <laughs> You know, we might as well pop everything in the bin and just go right back to scratch. And and it really is looking for those hoop trees and trial and error. But just going back to the changeable gullets, I love them. And I think mm. I think, you know, hopefully we'll we'll come up with some kind of hoop tree changeable gullets in the future. I mean, just to put it into perspective now, I've been off the road for a while and I would have sold previously a lot of changeable gullet saddles. And people would ring me up and they say, oh, I think something needs checking. What people do when they have a changeable gullet saddle is they ring me up now in lockdown and say, oh, we've got this behavior issue or he's a bit girthy or he's put on weight. I've gone down three holes with the girth. I need the extra wide gullet and we Mm -hmm. can send that out. And then they're like, he's happy. Thanks very much. It gives people control Mm -hmm. over saddle fitting, you see. But it's not a panacea for everything and and unfortunately you know the type of connies we're mainly discussing today it's not necessarily going to suit those but is that one of the futures of saddlery where you know more saddle makers will start to introduce the ability to change the gullet i hope so but i mean fiona's in the business so what do you think about that fiona oh this is a tricky one (laughs) um (laughs) i mean Obviously, we're in a position where we're able to, obviously, the flocking means you can adjust the saddle itself and you've got the, the trees that can be adjusted. And I think it's just about getting a balance between people thinking that they can adjust the saddle themselves and not getting an expert in. I don't, it, it yeah. just worries me a little bit to, um, mm. you know, from a lot that I see as I go around. It's amazing how often you'll get a message to say, um, the saddle, my horse is put weight on and the the saddles you know it, it's too tight on the pony and when you actually get there it's completely the reverse mm, and actually yeah. the saddle needs perhaps a bit more flock or even a, a fitting change in front so you know what people see and what the actual reality aren't necessarily quite the same so you know I mean obviously like all these things I'd like to think we move with the times and we'll you know continue to look at that development but at the moment, for example, we're very much looking at all the different tree shapes and get you know improving that even more, really. So I know that doesn't quite answer the question, but no, it it does. I think it does, and it, it it does kind of lead on to the next question, Fiona. Around is there anything else when we look at innovation in saddlery or the future of saddles that will improve improve overall for saddle pony fish? The general answer to that is making sure that we don't get stale and we keep looking I think if you looked back you know probably 20 years probably more I forget how old I am now <laughs> and uh, and actually look at the types of ponies that we we are riding for example they have totally changed and therefore the requirements for the saddle have also changed in terms of trees now who's to say that that won't change yet again in the next 20 years so mm-hmm. it's a constant development I would say you know, perhaps the the size of riders has changed a bit. So that's something mm. we're always having to take account of. You know, bre- the breeding fashions and that that sort of thing. 
Um, and it will be very interesting. Something we're sort of looking at in, is obviously the different materials, um, constantly trying to make sure if we can make the saddle slightly lighter um, mm. or even use a, you know, something that's stronger and that perhaps looking at into synthetics or something that's a bit more environmentally friendly or, mm. you know, fits with people's views going forward, really. Yeah, I was just going to say just a word on that now. So over the last, I'd say, four or five years, I do have more people coming to me saying that they were looking for synthetic because of strong moral, you know, uh, opinions. So they would be like maybe vegans or they would say, well, they'd have a leather saddle if it was secondhand. They didn't want to kind of, um, you know, buy new so I, although that's still just a sprinkling of people, obviously times change, just like Fiona mm-hmm. said, and fashions change and people's opinions of what they want change. Um, I would I would just say to that, you know, synthetic saddles are not perfect either because there's an awful lot of chemical processes that go into those as well. So it's constantly evolving, Lucinda, the whole time. You know, what people want will drive um, what people kind of spend money and research into. Yeah, no, I always wondered, actually, leather is so traditional and old school and there's still mm. massive appeal with leather. But actually, when we look at the future of materials and where whether it's clothing for people or materials for animals or anything, that actually fabrics and the fabrication of fabrics, if that's how you say it, has got so yeah. advanced that actually it might be a lighter saddle. It might be more flexible. Um, yeah. And maybe that is something I do see some of the bigger brands starting to introduce them. I was just going to say some of the synthetics now, if I put some synthetic leather next to actual leather, you know, a lot of people wouldn't be able to spot the difference. So I think when you're looking at a synthetic saddle, we're talking about one that looks exactly the same as a a current leather saddle. We're not looking at something that looks different, but obviously, again, it's it's equally got got to work. I think you're spot on, Fiona, because there is this thought, you know, you think of the synthetic saddles, back five, 10 years ago, maybe we all have one in our tack room and that's still the perception of what it is. But in fact, if you can get it as close as possible to what we think leather is or looks like leather, then that's where the future is. Yeah, exactly. There is a question, another one from Facebook and it's like with a mattress, you need to replace it every few few years, even though I don't myself. (laughs) Should you be doing that with a saddle too or can you refill it? Many thanks. Um, Okay, so I guess... The Society of Master Saddlers would recommend that you totally reflock your saddle every two to five years. That would be the kind of gold standard. And I understand any listener now has just had a heart attack, but that would be the gold standard. Okay, Whether we do that or not. And they would also say to maybe check your saddle every three months and possibly have the flocking topped up. But I never try to be too prescriptive with people. You know, it doesn't just work putting a note in your diary. If the horse changes and you need an adjustment, you need an adjustment to the flocking. If it's feeling lumpy and you only saw somebody a month ago, tough, it needs, you know, it needs looking at. If it's fine and still fits and everything's hunky-dory for a year, happy days, you know. Um, So, yeah, absolutely, you can pull all your stuffing out and you can have it redone again, um, obviously a fraction of the cost of a new saddle, and then you have basically a brand new saddle underneath. And that, whatever time frame you want to put on that, that should be done um, and is well worth doing with your saddle. It's a brand new saddle for the horse then. And then, Fiona, another question that's come in, and I'm really interested in this one. When a saddle is made with five girt straps, which do you use to stop it moving? I never know what to do with the five straps. Well, this goes back to what I said earlier. Again, when you say it's moving, where is it moving? Mm. Um, 
So, for example, if the saddle was moving forward, you might want to use the point strap. Um, the point strap, the first strap. Yeah, that, not necessarily, because not every saddle would have a point strap on it, but it, assuming, um, and that's a very dangerous word, that the, the, if there is a point strap, that would normally mean that it, the saddle will pull forward to the to the point strap, and in theory, not any more forward than that, I say in theory. Um, so that might be for that. Uh, if a saddle was moving backwards, um, which can happen, then you would probably be looking at using the back strap. And the ones in the middle, I mean, I if I don't need to, I wouldn't normally use the point, well, I wouldn't use the point strap or the back strap. I'd normally go for the middle ones, um, unless, you know, I had a, had a problem that the saddle was moving forward, for example. But I think you need to dig deeper. The strapping is a little bit like closing the door after the horse has bolted. Um, mm. Equally, you know, why is it moving? It's amazing how many people I'll go and see and they're going round on the right rein mm. and they're going round on the right rein and then they're still going round on the right rein and I'll say, are we going to change the rein? Oh, well, he doesn't go as well on the left rein. Okay. Well, no, but, and, and, you know, and then perhaps that might be one where the saddle moves to one side yes, because, yeah. you know, and you can't expect if, if your pony's not, you, you've, you've got to look at the schooling, you've got to look at yourself, perhaps mm. if you've had any injuries, etc., as to, to why it's moving. It's not just about trying to, you know, literally strap it down um, so it doesn't move. If you say, I then, mean, it, so. So if you have five straps and your saddle fits perfectly, what two should you put it on if it doesn't move? I would probably go for the middle straps. Just as a little aside there, there was research completed last year by um, a group of researchers called Censure Biomechanics, and I'm sure Fiona knows them. They do a lot of research uh, for the horse industry um, and, and really good research as well. And they've discovered that now, I'm going to quote the statistics wrong, naturally. Um, it's around about 80% of saddle slip, they discovered, is coming from a hind limb lameness in the horse. Now, that doesn't mean lame as in sore, necessarily, mm-hmm. but just an asymmetry in the way they move. So saddle slipping to one side um, is often, um, they've determined, coming from a hind limb issue with the horse. So you really so have to... Yeah, look at a bigger picture of how how far back your saddle is going, you know, uh, rather than, like Fiona said, just trying to strap it down. You know, maybe you need to do a little bit more work on the other rein. Maybe you need to do a little bit more physio just to try and get the horse a little bit more symmetrical because you really are slamming the stable door shut after the horse has bolted by just strapping it uh, it down. And it's an ongoing issue with these shapes. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. stability is a bigger issue once you've got the tree sorted you know once you've done everything you can mechanically for the saddle to fit stability is then a huge issue um gotcha. yeah so and it's and it's more complicated than just which strap to use but they're there to help you know and don't just go and slice off five straps until you know <laughs> there's a reason oh, yeah. yeah and there's one last question um from facebook and uh, maybe Lauren, you want to kick this one off. But basically, if you are using a saddle for ten ponies, so assume you have a good few ponies in the yard, and you're, yeah. you you have one saddle, what padding 
would you use so that you don't have to buy 10 saddles? I kind of get that. You know, you have maybe your two saddles yeah. across lots yeah, of ponies. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I would often go to yards or riding schools where they would have a limited number of, of saddles. Um, so the first thing you would have to do would look at your lowest common denominator. So you need to know the shortest and you need a saddle that fits that shortest one because you're not going to be able to put something too long on that pony. So you'll definitely need one at that shorter size. You need to know what your widest is because you mm. can't put something too narrow on them. If something is slightly too wide, and I'm saying slightly, um, then you can always pad up. You can always put something that's got a little bit of extra padding at the front potentially. Mm. But you need to absolutely, crucially, you need to educate yourself in what is a proper saddle fitting in the to start with before you then go and do things with pads. You absolutely, I mean, I use ProLite's day in, day out. They are just, you know, my, my tools, are, whether it's a temporary thing or not, I use a ProLite tripod. So they have the little shims inside, three pockets up, up each side, and I can adjust then the fit a little bit. Um, but they're only to be used with someone who knows what they're doing. I mean, imagine if you have a a shoe that doesn't really fit, it's not necessarily going to be any better by putting a thick ski sock in there. Mm. You know, you need to know that it doesn't fit because it's too wide or it's too long. You know, you need this, you need the saddle to um, at least do no harm. So it can't be too long and it can't be too narrow. So what I normally say to people when I go to yards is get themselves a, a pad to shim with or a riding school. Oh, sorry. And then we look at the lowest common denominators. So there's normally at least three or four saddles that they will need, one to accommodate the widest, one to accommodate the longest, uh, the shortest, and one to accommodate the highest withers. And then um, all that comes down to tree shape. And then I'm trying to tell people which tree shape is going to suit each horse and what they can do to narrow it a little bit or change the balance a little bit with the pad, because that's all you can do with pads. You can't change the tree shape with them long term you might get away in the show ring for 10 minutes but that's it can you can you over pad so could you put yeah. you know have your numna and your because yeah it happened once where I think someone yeah. said to me take that off I have too much on yeah 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 absolutely and when you're trying to keep something stable on a barrelly shape the higher you go off whether it's one extra saddle cloth the mm. more top heavy you become the more you're left behind the movement and the more unstable things will become. Literally five mil can make a difference. So wow. you want to stay as close to the horse as possible. Um, so you have to use the padding in the right places only. Got if you. I could just add on that, of course. Um, if it is that you compete, and obviously we all have our posh number that we want to go and compete in. Um, what, again, what some people will do, they'll have their, for example, back to the barrelly type, they'll have their fairly thin, you know, square pads, for example, that they ride in at home. And then they get to the show and they suddenly put a thick sheepskin, for example, with a big roll at the back on and then are surprised when the saddle doesn't seem to work quite as well. So just yeah. bear in mind, you know, if that's the case, then perhaps you need to think about a, you know, similar numner in the in the competition ring as to to what you're using at home interesting well ladies thank you so much for your time it's been a super um learning experience for me about saddles and all the different fits and i really want to thank you for joining me and taking the time out to speak to 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 us thank you're you Lucy. thank you fiona yeah thank you lauren thank you